every movement is intentional and just papa boom papa boom you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't want this i'm just floating in midair and <laughs> grappling on the random light nuts all over uh. the place Hello and welcome back to the House of Juice, where we give you all the kinds of school lessons you wanted as a kid, but just weren't ready for. We talk about geography. You guys are Canadians, and that gives us the expertise to allow us to know the rest of the world, because that's what Canadians do. And today we are talking about dimensions. How many dimensions are there? One, two, three, four, nobody knows. That's the dimensions, but don't worry, that's like... 30 seconds of conversation. In reality, we're summing up a little bit of E3. We're talking about how you should play games, mouse and keyboard controllers, what type of controller should you use? Is adaptive feedback important? And then we get to the juiciest of the house of juices. And that is the matchups for today. We're in the third or finals. Things are getting spicy. It hurts every time we have to let people go. So just make sure you stick around to the end to see just who that might be. So sit back, relax, grab some coffee, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey! 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 Oh, how's it going? It's going horrible. How's it going for you? Great. We didn't just spend time catching up. This is the first I've seen you. So in years, years, decades, yes. some would say, I mean, for those hardcore Canadians out there, we skipped a week. We did again, my fault per usual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting. So I am going to be out of town for like six months. So I will be coming back like every other weekend, but figuring out how to, uh, the podcast should be should be interesting should be fun oh oh god i'm dying i might need to get more water um speaking of since the listeners should know anyways <laughs> next week we won't be able to do a sunday because well, we might be able to do sunday i'll be back in my hometown so i could bring back the stuff if you wanted to record sunday or we could push it back to like a monday or tuesday still keep the poco schedule intact you know just <laughs> yeah. per, per usual just fuck up the youtube schedule and then keep poco running as is yeah uh, yeah we could talk offline about that i'll be traveling on monday um that fourth of july weekend but we, we can figure it out we'll figure we figure hit we figure the notification bell yeah. to get notified when we go in live remember ah. smash that like button literally and, uh, Ram your face into it. If your monitor is not broken, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> oh, God, you click your mouse too harder than your monitor just cracks. That would be interesting in, in absolutely no way. But if you that like the pressure that you clicked with, put that physical pressure on your monitor. <laughs> it would be literally I don't understand <laughs> what that enough. would do. But hey. It could, <laughs> but it would could work for like video games, you know. If you're like clicking, I don't know, you're click to punch, and then when you click harder, you punch harder. Hey, I mean, they have the adaptive triggers on the PS5, so if they if, if they can measure the speed or like somehow measure the force that you're pushing through, then 
They don't have the adaptive triggers on the mouse and keyboard, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's honestly the thing that keeps me from mouse and keyboard the most is the fact that they're dead. Like, there's no vibration or any feedback whatsoever, um, I think is what keeps me from using mouse and keyboard the most. It just depends on what games you're playing. Like, some games you don't care about vibrato. Other games, it is much more useful. I care about vibrato in all of my games. I'm just saying, if you're playing, like, League of Legends and you're telling me you care about vibration, then you're just cracked out. <laughs> if you ain't vibrating, you ain't doing it right. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. I mean, games like that, that but... A lot of people like play first person shooters with mouse and keyboard, and that's obviously the superior way to do it for an accuracy, like competitive standpoint. But I just don't play a lot of those games too, so that's partially why. But I don't know. I want to feel that. Um, on on that note, I did just beat Watch Dogs Legion. Um, Ooh, okay. And I still haven't released my God of War review. Um, I'm going to be probably posting a personal update on Maxwell Loose Gaming just to let people know that I'm not going to have time to post a lot of content. But I do want to get some stuff out. Spoiler alert, Watch Dogs Legion is going to be a scathing review. Um, that game is basically doo-doo dong. But one thing they do that's really cool is they, they've implemented adaptive triggers um, on the PS5 version. So when you're like pulling the trigger on guns, you feel a, a lot of resistance. Um, like kind of what the the action might feel like pulling an actual trigger and that's kind of cool yeah it's surprisingly cool like sometimes it's kind of frustrating because i'm like trying to like pop stuff off quickly but then like just knowing that it's <laughs> like two percent more realistic than it was before um is kind of like cool and you're like oh man it feels like i'm actually working for this kill this time so what gets maxwell excited is working for blood yeah if you ain't working for it you ain't doing it right (laughs) is this your is this your new principal saying yeah this is my my new shtick trying it out trying it on for size because if you ain't trying it on for size you ain't doing it right (laughs) that's true baby oh jesus christ oh so so i since we skipped a week, I am plum full of tech news. <laughs> of course. I don't know how that. I mean, I guess plums are full, but like, aren't all fruits full? <laughs> Not as full as I... plums. <laughs> or does it mean like plum, like, I don't know. Plum's plum plum is an word. adjective. They're not referring to like it's as full as a plum. I don't even know if plum's the right word or if that's one of those like. um egg corns where it's people say it slightly incorrectly from what it is but fun fact that's how a lot of language evolves is egg corns where people start mistakenly saying things differently and then that new way gets adopted and then becomes the norm so i mean yeah we've had this we've had this conversation about semantics in the english language at least between us a million times probably only once on the mo video games podcast because we're very particular about our content that we distribute exactly uh, we prepare way in the exactly um plum adjective vertical vertically full <laughs> horizontally i'm empty yeah it's literally it's a single dimension not even two it's a line, some may say. But if if it's in one dimension, can you see it visibly? I don't think you can. 
Like, I think you'd need two dimensions to see it still, right? Because there's no width to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canadians, let, let me know. The smarter That's Canadians either. than me. The thing is, is like, you can't have the one dimension only exists on a theoretical notion. You know, like one dimension will never actually exist in reality because you have to draw it in a second dimension in order to visualize it. So it's like, so when you draw one, you know, a 1D line graph, there's width to it. There's, there's still dimensionality in the other direction. You can only draw it in a 2D space. Well, really in a 3D space, if you're really going to get down to brass tacks, but I'll, we'll, we'll model the paper as a perfectly flat fucking plane. <laughs> yeah, this theory is great. This is, ah, this is what tech news is about. <laughs> All right. But speaking of tech news, <clears throat> so E3 occurred. Since we last spoke. Three times, too. Yeah. E-E-E. And uh, (laughs) E3, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, is dead. Like, E3 is a dead medium. It's not hype anymore. Like, it's unfortunate. I think think Microsoft had a really cool showcase, but they didn't need E3 for that to occur. Like, E3, the the draw of it was it was this huge conference you would go to in person. There were tons of devs there. Indie devs are obviously the big platform showcases where they'd show a lot of games, but there'd be lots of demos out there. There'd be panels of voice actors and developers, directors of games, asking questions, unveiling new stuff. There was a lot of stuff that went around. And now it's essentially just game trailers. And I mean, obviously, COVID kind of forced things virtual, and Sony was already kind of stepping away from E3 before COVID hit. So it was kind of on the way out before then, but it's just unfortunate. Like, there's not as much hype around it. Like, I mean, like I said, Microsoft, I think, had some really cool stuff, and they had 30 games, if I remember correctly, and 27 of of them are coming to Game Pass day one, which is like... Damn, that's pretty insane. Nuts. Like, so Game Pass just continues to be... Um, an incredible deal. I mean, there, there's always the debate on your preference for owning it. If you owning software isn't even really owning software, but like owning the game versus like having the subscription and having to be tied into that to play the games. I I am still kind of in the the category. I prefer to own the games, um, but I I 100% am behind uh, Game Pass and think it's cool. I also have Game Pass as well. Um, and I, I, I went under that, like, they, there was a loophole where you could pay for three years of Xbox Live and get converted to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, you got it for stinky cheap. Yeah, stinky, stanky cheap. Stank cheap. <laughs> um, once, it, once I have to pay full price for it again in a couple of years, uh, who knows? Who knows what I'll do? But by that time, Game Pass is going to be super mature with lots of Xbox had a lot of new games. They're finally starting to compete with Sony in exclusives. And the big one, the big headliner, Starfield, the new Bethesda. Bethesda no, not Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah, but yeah, because they acquired Bethesda. Um, it's kind of the space Skyrim or space Elder Scrolls is kind of how it's being described because we don't know much about it it's been teased but they've updated the engine so graphically it's a huge improvement because i my understanding is it was back around skyrim fallout 3 or skyrim time is when they developed the last engine and really hadn't updated it since through all of the fallouts elder scrolls and uh 
yeah, those are really the only two things they've done. And Starfield's their first IP, new IP, I think, since Fallout. It was like 23 years or some incredibly large amount of time that Bethesda didn't have a new IP. So either way, it's Xbox or Microsoft exclusive. So it'll be PC, xCloud, uh, Game Pass, all that kind of stuff. So that's hype. Uh, if you only own a PlayStation, that's kind of a bummer. But the with how widespread Microsoft's gaming is becoming, especially as xCloud, their cloud gaming service becomes better and they start to integrate it into hardware. Like they're talking about having like an Amazon, like fire stick, like device that you can like plug into your TV and use that to stream via xCloud and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's also how they're keeping the Xbox one relevant. So through xCloud and using your Xbox one as a streaming device, you will be able to play next-gen titles on your previous-gen hardware without it being held back by the hardware's uh, restriction. So a lot of cool stuff. Microsoft did did some really cool, cool things. So, But outside that, I think E3 is pretty much dead. I didn't see really much else. I kind of glanced at the news, and there weren't any like shocking announcements. Um, other than they're like, hey, we're still working on Metroid 4. But there's no Shocker. footage at all or any details. Just like, hey, you know, we're still working on it. Yeah, that's that's because it's a lie. Yeah. But they released a teaser of Breath of the Wild dose. Um, so that's I think they the at the end it said 2022 is their target release for it. So so you can plan on it in 2024. Well, Starfield from the minimal pictures I've stared at while you've been talking about it looks dope. And I guess, uh, you know, they listen to the Mo Video Games podcast because I have been bitching about the lack of space based games for a while now. More importantly, good space based games, since I know there's plenty of fucking like Eve online. I guess maybe Eve's doing all right. Yeah, I've heard, heard. But uh, that seems like more of kind of like a cult fan base. Um, maybe cult's not the right word. I'm thinking of it kind of like a cult classic. Like there's just like a cult. Yeah, cult. Yeah, I'm using cult. Yeah, cult. Um, that word is losing its meaning the more I say it. But um, cult. 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 Uh, but yeah, it's not as widespread as something released as this huge title by Bethesda that's going to be like an Elder Scrolls and that and Fallout in that scope and kind of triple A release. So that's pretty exciting. Um we will see. I mean Bethesda's kind of crapped the bed recently, um, with like Fallout seventy six and stuff. So hopefully they've what are you learned talking their lessons. About? Fallout seventy six was a banger. Banger. Everyone loved Fallout seventy six. But hope I, I I have hope I will I will always have hope. I played Fallout seventy six for like a net total of probably forty five minutes, and I was like, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think it I might have had it. Actually, I might be mixing out with Fallout four. I didn't like Fallout four either. Fallout four also blew. I thought you played quite a bit of Fallout four though. Uh. Uh-uh. Mm. I think I played a couple hours worth, but like not anything intensive. Okay. Yeah, Fall- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Fallout Four just felt like uh, I had to. I have to look at the intro because if I if I look up the intro, I'll be able to remember you know what game I played. But uh, <laughs> it's just it's just the normal. Just like you can't just keep reskinning the same fucking game and then calling it 
exciting. You know, like I need a little more. Oh, I EA has entered the conversation and uh, would like to talk to you about Madden and FIFA and NHL and every sports game in existence because. Well, you know who do doesn't it. play sports games? Me. <laughs> you know why? Because they suck. They don't actually suck. I think sports games is a different. That they get they get a marginal pass, not FIFA level pass, because the FIFA what it was like between at least nineteen and twenty. They just updated the roster and literally did nothing else or some shit like that, and then we're charging a full sixty. Yeah, and I mean that's essentially what they do every year in every sports game. But yeah, there there was one in particular. I think it was FIFA that was just like. Yikes. That was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think that's different. You know, that's like uh sports like that, it just like people are just gonna be into them. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just something about the innate nature of the sport that like it's not gonna get boring since it's it's probably just because it's match based. I'm assuming it's just like why I mean esports, you know, don't get boring for people because it's also just match based and every match is different, right? Like the entertainment is intrinsic to the game, not to like discovering a new universe or like seeing a new storyline or yeah i i think if the 60 dollar like entry fee every year wasn't there it'd probably be more um it edible easier to digest uh and, and maybe that's discrediting the work that they do in like the physics engine and simulation and stuff to try and make it more realistic. Like it appears incremental, but I have to imagine making stuff like that feel real and the movements of the players feel real and be accurate. There's gotta be a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So I don't want to discredit that, but it's still like $60 every year is just, man, that's huge. But to your point, I mean, supply and demand, people obviously are willing to pay that price to get the the recent roster so like hey they're a business they they're gonna charge what they're gonna get yeah at least call of duty does fucking more with their updates though like it does feel pretty fucking lazy but then again what they're all like released by like ea what do you what what are you fucking expecting from ea everyone knows name good publicity from ea because i can't (laughs) i think it was activision ceo that just pocketed 155 million dollars from some vote or something. I didn't really read much of the article, but just throwing that headline out there, spreading news that I haven't researched. <laughs> Perfect. But so go look it here. up yourself. It, if that's true, that's kind of ridiculous. So uh, actually, that's more than kind of ridiculous. That is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I think absolutely ridiculous is reserved for uh, Pesos' yacht. $500 million yacht. Yeah, my God. <laughs> I think that's a rumor too. So look that up for yourself. But 500 million pesos. Yeah. Oh, I should say pesos. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a six minute video inside Jeff Bezos' new $500 million mega yacht. Okay. Uh, proven. <laughs> Who owns a $500 million yacht? Jeff Bezos reportedly purchasing a mysterious 417-foot super yacht worth $500 million. That's just, I mean, where is that money coming from? Like, what about that cost that much? You know? I, I don't know. I would assume it just comes with, like, people who will work there for life. And it, it's just it's just contracting pieces. I don't even know. Even manpower is not that expensive. Like, I... I I have no idea. He's bald. He's weird. He's rich. Yeah. Supposedly there's a, a petition to like when he's going out to space, um, 
to like not let him back into Come back. yeah and it's like over a hundred thousand signatures now or something like that not that that does anything like i don't know what a petition would accomplish um especially against pesos like well he, he'll just spend another 500 million dollars to change everyone's mind i mean honestly <laughs> like ah what a world um, what a world but to bring it back to gaming uh another news cyberpunk 2077 is back on the playstation store baby um with disclaimers saying if you own the base ps4 you probably shouldn't buy it they're recommending the ps4 pro and ps5 but digital foundry as they do went out tested it and it is improved frame rates are slightly more stable the ps5 was already like a stable 60 frames per second because it's just running the PS4 version with its additional hardware uh, capabilities. But the PS4 Pro holds a much more consistent and stable 30 frames per second. And the PS4 has an improvement in frame rate, but it's still not a stable 30 frames per second, but it's not dipping down as often or as deeply into like the teens of frame rate. The unplayables. Yeah, but they there's some video footage released showing what they had to do to accomplish that. And it looks like a ghost town. Like when you're driving around, there's like very few other cars on the road or people walking on the sidewalks, which makes sense. I mean, the the largest limitation of last gen was the CPU, which is where a lot of those like AI simulations and stuff are run is on CPU power. So it makes sense that that's where those games are struggling the most. But unfortunate but if for some reason you were like man i couldn't wait to play cyberpunk 2077 it's improved and oh i can back. wait i can, I can wait, wait years dare i say indefinitely <laughs> i don't know i i mean the game looks cool and from what i've seen of people who actually played through it um they're like it's it's not that bad which is not a great I, selling point but i've heard good things about it but like here's how i'm seeing it by the time that cyberpunk is going to be running smoothly, there's just going to be another better game for me to waste my time on other than cyberpunk. Like, and also literally fuck CD project red. I'm not giving them my goddamn money for this one. Like <laughs> I'll give them, I'll, I'll give them money for like Witcher three, but, but eh, cyberpunk 2077, it's how long has it been since this game came out? It was, and only now is it yeah. almost stable for the consoles that it was released on almost staple being the keyword yeah and it was supposed to be like four yeah it was originally for last gen supposedly <laughs> but yeah it's just such a yeah well, we talked about it a million times i don't need to get salty um also ea i believe sports it's in the game uh not actually but ea is going to have some kind of press event thing where they're supposedly rumored to be reviving an old franchise and the common thought right now is that it's dead space uh which is kind of hypey whether that's a like remaster or redoing um of the original games or like rebooting or continuing the story I don't know. And it's I don't think it's even confirmed if it's Dead Space, but there's a lot of rumors and people probably hoping that it's Dead Space. Uh, So potentially get hyped for that. I think that's coming up. They're doing it sometime end of June ish. I believe you only played the OG one, right? Yeah, I've only played numero uno and I've heard really good things about two. Um, So 
Looks like they have two, three, and then they announced four last year. Or is four Uh, out? I don't think there's a four. There's Glenn, whatever his name is, who created Dead Space. Oh, his new studio is creating a new game that seems to be very similar to Dead Space. It's a new IP, though. Um, Alive space. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Alive Earth. Yeah, on the deadspace.fandom.com, it says that it was a planned fourth installment, but it got canceled. Well, it's coming back from the dead, apparently. So, check (laughs) that out. (laughs) Dead Space Quattro. And then finally, the last thing I had on here... um, well, also, so Forza Horizon 5 was announced at E3, uh, just sidebar. Super hype. Going to Mexico. Looks incredible. I mean, it's Forza. We know it's great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, it's going to be OP. Yeah. We, for, for next week, hopefully, Oliver is going to watch this video on Forza Drivatar AI and how they use machine learning and neural networks to create it. Seems super interesting. So if you're interested in hearing about that, make sure you... St- come around next week uh for the podcast where we have a bit of a deeper dive into there but forza does some really cool stuff and from the claim of the video which i have not researched again to back up but makes sense the forza drivatar system is the oldest running like neural network machine learning algorithm in like video gaming um so kind of cool and it's been constantly updated and and changed so get hyped for that for, for next week. But the, the last thing I had on here I wanted to talk about was Windows 11. It has been announced. Gross. <clears throat> and there are two things that I think are, are kind of cool about it. One of them is they have a big focus on gaming. So they're adding things like direct storage, which is what the new Xbox hardware has. It's, I think, essentially allowing, like, it's bypassing of some of the bottlenecks of streaming data off of storage devices and kind of going direct either to the cpu or gpu versus having to go maybe to ram first or through other like controllers there's something it does i don't understand the the technical mumbo jumbo behind it so you can do some more research on that if you're interested but they're adding direct storage auto hdr um and a couple other things that improve gaming performance so that's kind of interesting and cool we'll see how it actually works but those are i think cool techs that as our hardware continues to improve and more people get ssds and stuff like that we'll have more it's kind of a future proof technology something you probably won't see a lot yet but it is a next gen tech that will now be available on pcs um and the other thing is they so as we know right now apple is in a huge lawsuit with epic about the 30 percent cut they take from their their app store and that there's no other way to get your apps onto Apple devices except through the app store. And there's also lawsuits, I think from Epic and other places against Google for doing the same thing. Microsoft announced with Windows 11, there is going to be the the Windows store is going to let developers keep 100% of the profits. And that's kind of like, Seems dope. Uh, I mean, I hope it pans out the way that they're advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But it's kind of perfect timing with Apple and Google being sued for this right now. Um, It's kind of perfect time to be like, hey, look at us. We are going to. Sorry, it just started pouring here. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck is happening? It scared the crap out of me. 
Um, but yeah, so Microsoft making some smart marketing decisions there at least. Um, I don't know if there's like some like contingencies based on like the size of your development studio, if it's truly absolute 100% of the profits or not. Seem, I mean, Microsoft is definitely big enough to allow that to happen. It's kind of why they could, I mean, their Xbox gaming studios, they literally were able to have a $7.5 billion acquisition of Bethesda. Um, and that, that was a thing they could do. Like Microsoft has that kind of capital to just throw around and absorb those kind of costs. So we'll see. And Microsoft needs it because everyone knows the Windows store, the Microsoft store is definitely not like people's go-to place and doesn't have what a great reputation. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, hey, we, I, we've used it. I've used it. True. I mean, same. And I haven't really had any complaints from it, but it's not the most intuitive to I've navigate. Okay. 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 <laughs> Calm Dude. down there, buddy. Just buying Forza and downloading Forza through the Microsoft Store was literally like, I don't know how they made something so fucking simple, so fucking complicated. And also, it's just like you hit install and then it's like, what? <laughs> it's like it's like you're in like negotiations with a dummy. You know, I, I just it, it was like abnormally frustrating. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't confusing per se. You know, it's just sure. like it, it just it seemed really buggy and spotty and it was not fun to deal with um also since i was looking up windows 11 since you were talking about it i don't know if this is true but it looks like there's at least rumors that windows 11 is going to force everyone to have a trusted platform module that is with their computer that is confirmed and it so that's that's kind of the negative is you need to have either a seventh or eighth gen intel cpu or newer um and an amd ryzen 2000 series or newer in order to support windows 11 and it's a it's a soft limit so it will allow you to install on older cpus with a warning message um that it may not you may not get the full functionality it may not be fully stable um so that's kind of a yeah wait so do those cpus just include tpms or I believe so. It, it would be my understanding, right? If that's it, it requires the TPM and they're only supporting these, I think that's the implication is that those are the ones that natively support TPM. I think you can buy TPM modules to add to older systems. You can. I'm looking at this tweet that says, thanks to Windows 11, people are scalping TPM 2.0 modules as well now. <laughs> $25 to $100 in 12 hours. Whew. And then he responds, Microsoft, can you not impose a TPM requirement during a silicon shortage? Especially considering most mother or desktop motherboards support TPM only as a pur purchasable accessory. Wow. That's uh, that's the that's the world we live in now. Gotta love it. Yeah, Gotta so that's, love it. That's a that's a big big old neggy right there, which is kind of unfortunate. But I, I'll be interested to see. Once it releases and people start installing it, there's going to be lots of people that are installing it on unsupported CPUs and to see what kind of issues arise, like how unstable is it? Or is it Microsoft just trying to cover their asses and make sure? That... Yeah, and how much fucking overhead it takes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're adding new technologies for like with direct storage and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know like how many things are kind of dependent on TPM. I don't understand how much integration that has and other things and what advantages there are. And if they're trying to use TPM to somehow prevent some of the like CPU level, like hacks that have been occurring. Um, That's what they've been saying is that 
it's it's because of firmware attacks and how they've been increasing quite a bit. So, I I suppose it's unfortunate because it was what Spectre and it was one of the big ones that affected both Intel and AMD, and then Intel had another big one that I can't remember that it had, but. So I, I suppose that, that I guess there's maybe some justification as to why they're requiring that unsurprisingly, but I mean, obviously they justified it to themselves. Otherwise they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Someone's uh, justified it. It's just whether or not it's good. Um, oh, I was going to say something about Forza too. I'm trying to remember. So, I mean, obviously Forza Horizon 5 coming out this November uh, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah. So they they just recently, back in March, released Forza Horizon 4 on the Steam when it was exclusively Microsoft platforms before is where you would purchase it. You can still play it on PC, just not through the Steam store. But I think Forza Horizon 5 is going to be available on Steam at launch, um, which for people who play on PC prefer Steam and not having a bunch of different like launchers for their games is good news. And you mean the average gamer? <laughs> yeah, it's like 99% of PC gamers, yeah. They're like, what other store are you buying games from? The only reason we used the Microsoft store to buy Forza is because we had no fucking choice. It's not... It, literally, if it was on Steam, I would have gotten Steam. Yeah. So, that's cool. That's that's stuff, but that's... But a bop 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 Tech news. In a nutshell. Wow, we kept it, we kept it pretty reasonable. Well, I guess, do you have any tech news? This week? Oh, I got I got no tech news. I uh, have been, I have been what we call swampy wompied in the in the biz. So yeah, you you busy whizzy. Yeah, I'm leaving leaving tomorrow for work. So driving back home either tonight or tomorrow. I don't know. I kind of want beer though, so maybe I'll do tomorrow. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple man. It's a Saturday night. I've worked enough. Hell yeah, brother. But yeah, no, I don't think I have anything. I guess the only other thing I had on top of it is it kind of makes sense. I'm not surprised that E3 has been dying. I feel like it's like almost every time we talk, it feels like there's some new hype release. And it seems like independent vendors are able to just at this point reasonably do like showings, you know, on their own if they really wanted to. So it's like you don't really need the conglomeration of everyone together. You might as well just be like, you know, if PlayStation or NVIDIA or, you know, whatever tech or gaming wants to make a release, just have them do their own event. Yeah, because then it's also I think it's I think it would be good or better for like dev cycles, too, because then you're not locked into this like once every year, you know, you got to show up and really like show your shit. And obviously uh, we've been having some issues with committing to things that we can't deliver cough cough back to fucking CD Projekt Red. So it's like I'd rather just have independent parties just, you know, release and announce when they're ready. Yeah. Like that just, it, it seems way healthier and a way more organic way to do it. And it's like we're already all online anyways at this point, you know. And it's it was probably my biggest gripe with Microsoft's thing. Like while they had 30 back to back game trailers, which is great, like content wise, you're just seeing lots of new games like you're not giving any of them a lot of room to breathe. And granted, there were follow ups later and they do stuff. But I I like the way PlayStation has been doing it. And like each major release gets its own like dedicated state of play event that they call where it's like. 20, 30, 40 minutes of like dedicated time with the developer showing. And it's like, it's at the point that they know confidently that the game is going to release on time. 
Um, and up until then, they're doing a really good job of really not telling you anything. Like I think a yeah. lot of people in the industry have learned from No Man's Sky, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk, all that kind of stuff that it just don't get people hyped too early because you are only going to hurt down the line. And that's why we haven't heard anything from God of War. And everyone also kind of knew the fact that we weren't hearing anything meant it was going to get delayed, which it did. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I was reading some stuff that there is like the E3 crunch was terrible because there's so like you got to get trailers and gameplay demos ready for E3 every year. And it's so much pressure to have a release date ready at E3 whether or not which leads to being like oh fucking i don't know november let's give that a shot and then it gets delayed so yeah it's better for everyone there's been so much focus on the crunch that developers go through and it allows everyone more flexibility to do it when it's ready yeah which is all i all i ask all i ask is for not lying (laughs) yes or at least better truthing yes Um, or when you fuck up i don't know like admit it Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, also, Adam says he's still got some Rainier. Or Rainier, I should say. It's probably for Mount Rainier. Um, if you want yeah, it. apparently the West Coasters call it Ranier. <laughs> uh, I like that. I'm going to call yeah. it Mount Ranier from now on. Yep, that's it's once once you say it once, it's way too fun to say. Ranye, I mean, it, for uh, like Bush Latte level beer, it wasn't bad. I would say it tastes like water predominantly because <laughs> it's you know it's it's piss water beer, but uh, you know it's it's easy drinking. Easy drinking. Easy drinking. Welcome to Mount Ranye. I believe it is uh, <clears throat> your turn to uh, talk about some third or final games, senior. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot where we are in the third or finals, aren't we? Uh, well, I have. <laughs> I have Hollow Knight versus Donkey Souls 2. And I'm not going to lie. Oh, you go. No, you D- Dark Souls 2. Scholars, Scholars of the, of the First. first. And- yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. The, the, the <laughs> only addition that apparently has saving grace between the, the demon soul or souls born community since, as I've mentioned a million times, if I haven't drilled it into everyone's head yet, Dark Souls 2 is by far the most shat on souls born game by far. Um, but it sounds like I just got lucky playing that little remaster or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I guess the proper release you know they they kind of they kind of cyberpunk 27 2077 did it first and then they were like we're gonna fix it you yeah. know and that's that's cool they fixed it it's they all followed good. through yeah it's great um it probably i also have to say it's probably a bad choice for my favorite souls born given the fact that like souls 2 is praised for its pvp more than anything um but i think again mm. that's just the consequence of like on original release i think the pvp was still really solid right but a lot of the gripes um which is like gameplay and game feel weren't fixed until scholars of the person i haven't sure. played the original one so i never had the game feel issues um i mean to me uh dark souls 2 is just when you when you when i thought of a souls game and then started playing it i thought it you know all souls games now are going to be compared to dark souls 2 and so like when i played bloodborne it ended up being like 
way too fucking fast and i felt like i was just like the only way to beat bloodborne is just to abuse iframes when you're rolling and stuff like that because it's like uh there's like i think it's the bloodletting beast and bloodborne has just like a bunch of like cloth hanging over him and he's like you know like six times taller than you and probably like three body widths wider than you but like you can barely even see his body because he has all this dangly dangly <laughs> so you just see when he winds up and you're just like iframe tab <laughs> and like that's how I, that's how i you know it felt dark souls 2 felt much more like when i dodged it felt more intentional and like you know i actually understood like why i was dodging and not just like i'm just manipulating end game mechanic to like be kind of bullshitty not that i enjoyed i enjoyed bloodborne a lot but that is one big gripe about um bloodborne that i had was there was a couple bosses that were just super fucking iframey also the environment in dark souls 2 i mean they kind of take you i feel like all over the place in like a wide gamut of different areas to explore which I really enjoyed a lot, especially the there's one where you're like on it's like a bunch of I don't even know. It's like dirt spires that are up in the sky. And then there's bridges that like cross the spires. And then you have like dragons like flying overhead and stuff. And then there's like a castle in the distance. And it's all super badass as someone that who likes amazing. fantasy stuff. Yeah, no, I like I sat for a good a good couple minutes at least you know just like chilling and being like man like for a game that's only talked about its gameplay i thought that it still was like a very attractive game as well especially given its age i mean scholars of the first sin i think is like a playstation 2 uh well i guess scholars of the first sin is ps4 but i'm pretty sure the ds uh dark souls 2 is either ps2 or ps3 okay um so yeah and then i guess to continue it's easiest to compare to the other dark souls that i've played i've only played probably like 10 to 15 hours of one and three which i guess should be should be enough to beat it if it was an xbox 360 gen game but i guess (laughs) i'm just slow as fuck so who knows um but yeah dark souls one was just really fucking slow like the combat is very it's yeah it's just all the attacks are like way more telegraphed it's way longer and then it's like but when you do get hit also i mean you just get peepee sponked immediately (laughs) um which i just didn't i didn't enjoy how slow the game felt i thought when they sped it up for dark souls 2 it it meant a lot better balance and i think dark souls 2 and dark souls 3 probably have the best like end game feel for what i've done i just haven't gone through all the way to dark souls 3 because i (laughs) literally can't get past like the second fucking area i like get so frustrated and i'm just like these enemies are so dumb i don't want to fight them um so yeah i guess because i'm a noob also that is why dark souls 2 takes the cake so i don't know why i went on that long tangent but i am supposed to talk about these games so i guess that's good enough um comparing this to hollow knight which i also would say for a metroidvania platformer i guess is probably the best way to say it also very dark atmosphere very dark content matter generally pretty vague with the story both of them are uh don't know my sentence think much uh, <laughs> uh i enjoy the like both of them you i think both of them are games that you can play and not think about the story literally at all and enjoy pretty much your entire way through but like the story still adds more to it and adds more depth and i enjoyed like learning more about the lore and you know the like history of the area and stuff like that and like what is your actual motivation going through because they are both definitely very like predominantly gameplay driven games sure um obviously dark souls has the advantage of being 
three dimension where hollow knight is nay limited by one dimension you could say hollow knight has the advantage by only having two dimensions that's true but can we even really see two dimensions you know i mean there's got to be <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um so yeah i think that the after watching reviews i think i might have talked about this last time the difficulty curve in dark souls i thought was pretty consistent all the way through where i never really hit a point where i was like this is it's pretty brutal in the beginning until you get you got to get a feel for like how to play the game right but like once you get once you know what a Soulsborne game is like it's normally like okay i mean there's going to be definitely head smashing it's supposed to be a hard game right it's not supposed to be like an easy peasy walk in the park hollow knight felt like it was a kind of steep learning curve in the beginning because if you can't like pogo and a couple other like basic mechanics mostly just the po- if you can't pogo you're not playing hollow knight correctly i don't know how to describe i do not know how i i went so long without getting my pogo down and now when i go back through it's like immediately every fucking thing that i see i'm like if i can pogo Boy. off of it i am um but the learning curve with it was yeah it was similar like difficult in the beginning but i thought that hollow knight kind of uh didn't keep the difficulty trajectory going long enough i thought i i kind of wish that they Mm. either gave you more in the beginning to start with um and like made maybe this start a little bit easier so that the curve the you know difficulty felt a little more linear or like flat line i guess i guess it doesn't need to ramp up the entire game but a little more consistent you know where i thought that dark souls is just like i mean as a dex bitch quote unquote right i'm i'm a a roller i'm an iframer um all I pretty much use is my basic attack because heavy attacks are way too fucking slow for me since I don't have a shield uh, and uh, like repost and dodge. That's it, right? It's literally only three things. There's definitely a lot more mechanics that I use a lot more actively in Hollow Knight, which is exciting. But I, I, I do wish that they added a little bit more depth towards the end of like, I don't know, introducing some new mechanic, some new layer to add another level of difficulty because it does feel like you can kind of peek out on the difficulty pretty quickly with it. You know, it's like, especially after speed running it a couple times, it's like the boss fights are really not that bad. You know, it's, it's, it's overall like a pretty simple game once you've played it a fair amount, you know, and everyone has different experiences with it. So it's not like I'm the best at HK, but that would probably be, I'm probably be my, I feel like I'm stalling cause I don't know which one I want to pick, but I'm, I'm, I'm making <laughs> compelling points here you wouldn't be in the house of juice if you weren't stalling <laughs> to make a pick um but yeah so that that's probably my biggest gripe about hollow knight uh again i would say both of them like set and setting wise i would almost say that i think i like hollow knight's like world i think it's more exciting and it was more interesting to explore there was some there was specific parts in dark souls that were like visually very fucking appealing um but the story is definitely like way more of an afterthought i think in the game than hollow knight is and i did enjoy like interacting with just random npcs that actually feel like they're contributing to the story you know dark souls 2 you walk up to this guy and he literally is just like praise the sun and then you praise the sun and that's like the entire fucking interaction which is like entertaining but there's a lot of npc interactions so i'm like i don't see why this matters it doesn't feel it feels like it's just to like throw another character to talk to right you know yeah. it's 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 less exciting in that regard um oh god i don't know i don't know what do you think what if you had to guess uh the old one? trick the old trick of the book 
Um, oh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that, that this is actually kind of a tough one. Uh, I thought it was a good matchup to put them together because, like I said, stylistically, both very dark, both kind of known to be quote unquote harder games. Again, it just really depends on like you know your gameplay style. I'm very impatient and very itchy with games, and very just like. As Maxwell's mentioned before, I mean, I am a run it at the wall type of person when I play video games. Like, I just want to be in it and I want to be doing it and I want to be experiencing it. So both of these like punished a fair amount for doing that, but also they can be kind of rewarding, too, if you play pretty aggressively. My my gut for you would be Hollow Knight. I feel like that's my gut, but Dark Souls 2 is pretty smangy smangy. The thing is, is there's some bosses, there's some legendary bosses like uh. I think it's like Ornstein and Smo or something like that from DS1, which is like one of the first two person bosses. Yeah. Especially in like the Soulsborne series. That's like that. That's like an iconic boss. And especially for like a multiple person boss, it's really hard, I think, in games to really execute stuff like that. Well, and a lot of them just get like they get kind of lazy and cheap out where it's just like, oh, we'll just add, you know, you fought one spiderling. Now you're going to fight five spiderlings as your next boss, you know, and it's just doesn't feel creative where. Yeah. Uh a lot of the bosses in that were pretty exciting and creative. But I don't know. You literally get to read people's dreams in Hollow Knight. That's pretty dope. <laughs> Adam um, Adam says Hollow Knight is also his guess. Well, if I have two, then I gotta go the democratic route here. <laughs> yeah, but your vote counts for three, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm looking at pictures of Dark Souls. Let me let me pull a picture of Hollow Knight so I can feel better about this. <laughs> uh, mm. I I think Dark Souls is great, and I'm happy that Dark Souls Two is on there. I think if I was gonna compare all of the Soulsborne series against Hollow Knight, you know, just like my experience with all of them then I think I would de- I would definitely pick the Soulsborne series, like not just from like sheer amount of content, but like variety and gameplay. Obviously, there's just a lot more to do. And like as a series, I really like it. I wanted to include a game from the series on my list because I enjoyed I've, I've enjoyed everyone that I played so far, even yeah. when it is absolutely fucking frustrating as hell. Um, But man, Team Cherry with only three people just did a crazy thing with Hollow Knight. And I am very excited for Silk Song and it's like when new Soulsborne games come out, you know, I'm like, I'm definitely going to play it, but I'm not like pooping my pants to play it where I'm kind of pooping my pants for Silk Song. So I, 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 I think, I think I got to allocate my three votes <laughs> to, to Hollow Knight. I think it's fair. Yes. I think it's fair. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of it and I'm remembering, I mean, there's definitely some fucking absolutely boring fucking bosses in Hollow Knight. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely like uh like the grub mother is an absolute waste of a time of a boss. She literally just like ramps her body up and down on the ceiling and floor and that's like her entire attack sequence. It's not exciting to play against. Um but there are lots of exciting things like the Coliseum of Fools um and then also just the collectibles were like way more exciting to go through. Uh you know, like gameplay collectathon ish nature of some of some of the aspects of it and then oh my god just some absolutely great fucking platforming i thought they did such a good job like the pogo i, I can't think of anything that even like comes close to what 
the pogo just allows just some crazy fucking platforming shit essentially because it resets your dash as well so like when you're going through like the white castle which is the platforming section of the game essentially or like the hardest platforming section it's just the spicy little meatball i so badly want you to play ori and the will of the wisps well that's what i said years ago about hollow knight and you know what i think that time trumps so well you, you know what i was going to do is uh give you the the happy news that i'm going to be playing hollow knight but now i'm not <laughs> you're still playing it i'm just not getting the news exactly but no now that i'm going to be on work travel for the next six months it is a perfect game for my new gaming laptop um to play while i am gone so i am planning on starting i just finished Watch Dogs Legion, starting my Hollow Knight playthrough again and completing that as my next game. So I, I am curious once I play through that, how I think it compares to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. But the things you are saying, the small gripes you had with Hollow Knight are things that I think Ori and the Will of the Wisps did very well and things that I praised um, in my review of the game. Yeah. And as far as some of the platforming stuff they do, there are some very cool moves uh, that you can do and get creative with. Uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm excited for maybe a potential future where you play it. But to be fair, I got to follow through on my Hollow Knight too. So, but once I do that, I'm gonna give you nothing but shit until you play Ori. I mean, I'm definitely I, Ori is definitely on the docket. I definitely think that I'm having a hard time, especially since I haven't played it right. But I I am having a hard time imagining I will prefer it over Hollow Knight. It's probably Fallout Three, Fallout Four bias is what I'm expecting here. Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four, oh, but yeah, also Fallout Three, bad. Fallout Four, yeah. <laughs> Well, no one's saying Fallout 4 is better than Fallout 3 unless they're on crack cocaine. But the New Vegas, <laughs> I would take. I will gladly take when people say they prefer New Vegas. But if they say Fallout 4, then they are literally smoking too much bread on recreation. But uh, a lot of the things I really liked about, like Ori does look beautiful, but I just really love the dark setting of Hollow Knight. Especially when you get to like the, I think it's called like the End Nest or oh, no, it's Deep Nest. And it's like, if you. You can go down there without like a, a lantern and then it's literally just like fucking pitch black and all you hear is all these bugs like crawling around in the background and you can like see them sliding and everything and they have that in Ori yeah. too. Well then it looks like they stole it from Hollow Knight because Hollow Knight came out first. I'm just saying it's all purple and green. It's not black and I want black. It, they, they are very varied in biomes and there's actually a really cool sand biome too in addition to the caves. That is like his desert wasteland. I mean, I know That's how you're going to feel. I'm saying I think we're just going to disagree until we both play it. And then you're going to understand that. Oh, you're not going to change your mind. I can tell you that much. Well, it sounds like you aren't either. So here we are. We're going to both play it. And then we're going to come through, have a debate and further stand our ground into why we think our games are the best. Yeah, I, I just don't. I literally don't foresee any all of the gameplay that I've watched. I mean, it does look fun, but uh yeah, it's very floaty. I'm not excited for the floaty. Floaty can sometimes be really annoying, but we'll see. We'll see how they do it. Who knows? I'm I'm definitely interested to see. <laughs> Hollow Knight, crisp as a cucumber. Fucking every movement is intentional and just papa boom, papa boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want this. I'm just floating in midair and <laughs> grappling on the random light nuts all over uh, the place. That's fun. I can shit on Ori all day. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough gameplay that I can just keep throwing dumb shit at it. It does look really good, though. Do you think it's worth me playing the first one before? Because this no. is the second one. 
I, I've only played the second one, but I've watched the first one, and they added so much in the second one that are some of my favorite aspects of the game. I, I think the first one is not going to... It, you will for sure prefer Hollow Knight to the first one. The second yeah. one is the one that I think there's even a chance that you would a, at least put it in the same conversation. Like, putting it better than Hollow Knight, I'm with you. I think there's definitely a certain aesthetic to Hollow Knight and, and stuff about it. It's more of a Soulsborne type game. How it's well, I designed. expect them to be in the same conversation. I mean, I've literally have only heard good things about it, and it is definitely a. It does look like a solid platformer. But, I mean, but, stylistically, it is much different. But like, oh, you go. But yeah, what they, what they did with the second one, and I've I've listened to like developer interviews and game stuff about it, and all the stuff they added into. I mean, they got like obviously it was a bigger budget, bigger development team, and stuff. They were able to add a lot and tighten up a lot of things. Uh, so yeah, I think two is for sure the way to go. One seems like it's almost linear. Like they kind of force you into playing it in it, like the areas in a certain order and all that kind of stuff. And mm. they opened up the possibilities a lot more in the second one, um, and allowing you to tackle different areas depending no matter what skills you have, and just kind of it, it changes maybe some of the difficulty. Like there's some areas where like that you gain move sets that will allow it to be easier, but you can do it without that and do it different ways and stuff. So, um, yeah, which is something I definitely liked about Hollow Knight and Dark Souls both. I I felt like I felt like I never had to go the same way twice, even on a repeat playthrough. You know, it's like, and I think most of the Soulsborne games do that, but it is exciting when you at least have, even if it's a false notion of freedom, like, I'm cool with that, right? I don't care if it's like, they just make you think you're going wherever you want to go, but like, secretly, you're just being shoved down a fucking tunnel. I literally don't care, because I don't know, right? <laughs> so it doesn't <Yeah>. matter. <laughs> it's like, as long as it feels like I get to explore and it feels organic, that's, you know, that to me is most important. Also, Adam is saying that the first one is short and worth it, um, but I am going to continue to veto that because <laughs> I, I think it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth um, that will just taint the second game when you come to it. Um, I know, but if I play the second one, I'm definitely not going to play the first one. Going yeah. backwards in a series is like literally voluntarily chopping off your legs for fun. <laughs> oh, I agree. But that's why I'm saying like I just said I'm I'm sorry Adam. I'm 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 vetoing <laughs> Oliver play the first. I have not played the first either, but it's just it's hard to imagine going back to that. And especially knowing what I know now about the second one. I'm sure in a vacuum playing the first one is a good experience, but oh, he's he's booing me now. So he's that, that's fair. Straight booing. That, that's fair. But uh no. two two the map looks pretty big. It it is a it, it was surprising. I it just kept getting bigger because obviously it's like unveiled to you as you explore. Um, but yeah, yeah it, the map, the drawing of the map, kind of reminds me of uh, how they draw the map in Terraria. Oh, because it's sure. like it'll be all black until you explore it. Um, Man, Terraria, I chose we chose like the smaller medium size when I played it, and that that was another map that that map did not quit giving back. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there's like one point where I was just like, I'm because it's just it's 2D Minecraft, right? So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna run to the, the bounds of the world so I can, you know, figure out how big the map is and get an idea. And I mean that was a fucking, hours later. Yeah, it was a fucking hoof and a half. It's like, gee, I need to fucking pack a six pack or something for this adventure, because it's just taking forever. <laughs> Either way, yeah, I, I'm i still feeling a little bad about knocking out DS2. 
But that's that's what the third or finals are all about. These are our top eight games. Like we're gonna feel bad about every game that gets knocked out. I know. I'm just worried about recency bias. Because man, there were a lot of fucking fire bosses. The more you think about it, the more you're gonna feel bad. Like you just Oh yeah. I, I was talking to Adam about this. It's like for the listeners who aren't aware, every decision I make, I'm gonna regret. So if you flame <laughs> me, I'm just gonna say I already know. But literally, I, I can't think at this point. I, there's not many matchups I'm seeing right now that I'm not going to regret the decision of. Yeah. Also, a BRB. Okay, bye forever. Well, I guess I need to keep the people entertained. Hello. Um, my name is Oliver, and I have some jokes to tell you. Jokes for adults. <laughs> Should I do clean? 101 funny jokes. I mean, these are just all off the top of my head, but there's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator, and only a fraction of people will get this clean joke. <laughs> okay, that one is actually pretty good. Um, what did one ocean say to the other ocean? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> I. The funny thing is, like, with having... The wireless headphones, I can continue to hear you wherever I'm going. And I know. It's just, it's wonderful. I'm, thank you for keeping me entertained. <laughs> Why do ducks have feathers? To cover their butt quacks. <laughs> These puns are so bad. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One's really heavy and the other's a little lighter. <laughs> gosh uh, okay okay and that was our brief intermission before maxwell let me let me call let me call this matchup real fast oh wait i already had it open i just opened the wrong thing oh dude i already know who wins but i don't, I don't even need to spoil it it's so obvious <laughs> i know who you think is gonna win do you yeah Oh, wait. Actually, I don't know. I don't know what it's, you think I think is going to win. It's Doom Eternal versus Forza Horizon 4. I think this is a pretty... It's a bad matchup, but it's a juicy in terms of how much you have raved about them. Interesting. Also, Adam says he has a joke, and then he wrote D's. <laughs> it's just D's nuts. That's the whole joke. <laughs> I, that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> just like Ligma um <laughs> or i mean if we're gonna go off the data it's just not fair because it's like obviously you've put in way more hours on forza horizon 4 but obviously the game is designed to be able to put way more hours into so well but okay it's kind of not even close in time <laughs> so yeah doom eternal forza horizon 4 we've talked a lot about doom eternal on this podcast because we, we talk about the Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4 effect, which is just essentially the first game you play in a series will likely, it, you'll have a lot of fond memories of that, and it will make it so that you think that game is the better game. Well, it's also series. just like the most novel experience you're going to have in it, especially when they're just fucking reskins, like, you know, a Far Cry or a Fallout or Assassin's Creed. I mean, Assassin's Creed's gotten much better lately, don't get me wrong, but like... Even like Far Cry 5, I was just like, all right, guys, we, we know you know your formula. You don't need to be so obvious about it. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, so that's the Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4 effect. Then we talk about the Doom Eternal, Doom 2016 effect. And Doom 2016 had we can some... talk about that effect? We do, yeah, because Doom 2016 had the criticism of you could combat shotgun the whole game. Like, you could pretty much, like, pick a weapon, a.k.a. the combat shotgun, and you could go through... <laughs> you know, or maybe it was the, the double barrel. I don't know. It was one of the shotguns. And you could go through and defeat every enemy in the game. It didn't force you to have variety in the game. Um, and kind of funneled you into a decision. And then Doom Eternal came out and was like, oh yeah, each enemy type has certain weaknesses. And if you aren't using the right gun for that, it's going to be harder to kill that enemy. Um, so it's kind of Borderline forcing you- Borderline impossible. <laughs> it's it's going to force you into more tactical decisions and play kind of this chess strategy game, but also forces you to use a larger variety of your arsenal. Um, and forces some- you into a linear gameplay experience because <laughs> you see a fucking rook and you pull out the shotgun. It's so I, it's something that I resonated with and Oliver did not like. But I, I we've okay. kind of discussed too that it was very early in the game and you get a lot more like options as the game progresses. But- and to be fair, it was we were playing after several drinks. <laughs> Yeah, I'll that just was, let that it that a, way. That was a few few drinks deep. Uh, we we were already we were we were maybe a little more sauced up than what is recreationally reasonable um at the time. And so my my bar for getting frustrated or into a game was probably very easy to swing. And it just there was that one fucking thing that you've mentioned like a million times. That thing literally made me want to throw my controller. And like, the problem with so it was it's like the little spider brain enemies and there's a turret on top of the head and you're supposed to use the grenade launcher attachment on the combat shotgun to sticky onto that turret to blow it off so it stops shooting you so it's something that requires precision and aiming things that are both enhanced by beverages that are consumed um so understandably that was an extraordinarily frustrating was so moment hard for you. <laughs> i th- i do want to go back again because i feel good that uh 2016 for me just like never really pulled me in you know like i enjoyed playing it but in my experience it i think probably because of the like any any weapons gonna pass or combat shotguns gonna pass right it was just like yeah the gameplay was fun but it wasn't fun enough for me to want to run through the entire game and experience it which it sounds like eternal fixed to a great degree yeah and just by adding the dash mechanic and the grapple on the double barrel shotgun it changed traversal dramatically. Um, they they added a lot of new weapon types too. Like you have like a shoulder launcher that can shoot like regular grenades or freeze grenades that'll freeze enemies in place, which is incredibly handy. Um, it just yeah ch- added a lot to the arsenal by dashing and grappling to enemies. You get an upgrade later in the game, or you can choose to make this upgrade on the combat shotgun that when you grapple an enemy. It lights them on fire, and by doing that, that's when they release like shield for you, and so it just incentivizes you to constantly be grappling onto enemies to them and getting more shield, and just completely changes how you move around the battlefield. I thought it was great, and so that's my why Doom Eternal is my choice there, and why we've talked about that effect before, and like kind of what what should developers do? Should they try to force you into using more of the arsenal at the cost of meaning you can't use some of the arsenal at times um or should they kind of let you do whatever you want with the risk of having maybe something be a little bit too powerful and then everyone only wants to use that one thing and maybe they're missing out on part of the game so 
it's it's not an easy answer and i think it depends on the game and it depends on your preferences so that's that's kind of why we talk about it um but yeah doom eternal i enjoyed a lot i have not played the two dlcs the ancient gods part one and two i've heard good things about them but the end of doom eternal was like it was hard but exciting and fun and i have not played it in so long that i would have to get up to that level because essentially the dlc takes you where you left off at the end of doom eternal and then just ratchet continues to ratchet up the difficulty and the types of enemies and the number of enemies that you're encountering at a time and kind of dependent on you to remember how you were playing before and it has been too long so uh, maybe some point i'll go back to it uh, steam summer sales going on so huh, shout out to that uh anyone who wants to buy games that they don't need and probably won't play oh that's um, a good point i told adam since he's here that i would play through hades which is 30 percent off right now so oh nice also adam says that these was relevant earlier in the conversation but with the delay of chat coming in uh we we missed the relevancy so these nuts appropriate you know what i'm saying absolutely um and so the second game forza horizon 4 we've talked also a lot about because it's in both of our like top games it's the greatest game of all time it's come up quite a bit in conversation (laughs) and we talked a little bit about it earlier today so it takes place in great britain the forza horizon series if you don't know forza motorsport came out like 15 years ago plus to compete with gran turismo and that was kind of a racing sim style game and then after it was either Horizon 4 or 5, or after Motorsport 4 or 5, they released the first Forza Horizon game, which is more of an arcadey open world style game. And then they kind of did the TikTok release of they would do a Forza Motorsport and then a Forza Horizon, Forza Motorsport, and Forza Horizon. But after Forza Horizon 4, there's no Forza Motorsport. The next one is Forza Horizon 5. But they're supposedly working on a huge revamp of motorsport. So we'll see what that all is. But that's kind of the background. So Forza Horizon 4 takes place in Great Britain. They introduce seasons for the first time. So every week of real world time is a like quarter of the year or a season. So one week it'll be winter and spring. You know how seasons work. Bada bop. Um, kind of a cool mechanic, but also the fact that you can't choose what season it is at any given time made some people frustrated maybe you only have time once every couple of weeks to play the video game and you don't like playing in winter well guess what that week you're free it's winter you can't do anything about it so i i get that criticism i understand it but forza horizon series oliver and i both agree from like a driving perspective especially like an arcade style because it is derivative from the forza motorsport sim series the driving mechanics are the most based in reality out of any arcade racing game I've ever played. And that just makes it so much more fun to play. It doesn't have the punishing aspects of a full sim, but it doesn't have the like stupid driving of like a regular arcade, which can be fun in its own right. Um, Like the need for speed games are fun. Like, you know, it's not realistic. It's an arcade. Um, But that's just what I think sets Forza Horizon for and the Forza Horizon series above other arcade racers. So there's that. They have like over 700 cars. There's a lot to play. I like cars a lot. It is just one of the most fun games. If you're into cars, I think you have to check it out. Probably the absolute biggest criticism of the game is the sound of the cars. They There are some cars mm-hmm. in the game that they did quite a bit of in-depth sound work on, but for a lot of the engines in the game, 
like there's only a few v8 noises that are distinct there's only a few v10 noises and stuff and so it's just and some people aren't happy with the depth of sound that they could get but supposedly the developers are teasing that with the power of next gen and all that kind of stuff that they have significantly upgraded the sound on cars in forza horizon 5 so time will tell obviously they're going to say that we will see but i mean that's a big thing that the ps5 has been boasting too right i mean obviously it'll be what not on the ps5 but (laughs) obviously it is it is a big push for like upcoming generations i think sound design definitely is like becoming more important yes of an afterthought yeah graphics are we're kind of reaching a plateau in graphic progression but now we're getting more complex worlds the ssds are allowing to us to remove certain restrictive game designs of like squeezing through cracks to allow the next area to stream in and then more immersive sound and like the adaptive triggers and haptic feedback on like just trying to create more immersion and make things more believable rather than just like oh we have increased the resolution even though there's still a huge push for 4k resolution but i think the push of 60 frames per second is the one that really matters and the fact that like insomniac has been coming out with 60 fps with some ray tracing performance modes is like perfect you you still get some really good visual upgrades but you also get the 60 frames per second so yeah that's anyway yeah sound, sound design all, all that kind of stuff before it's horizon 4 oliver and i both got it at launch we played through it um quite a bit together had a lot of fun it's a very like multiplayer online centric game um which is great but you can also have a lot of fun offline like i said next week get hyped for our discussion on the drivatars and how they kind of make the offline gaming still have some feel like you're playing with other people um so that's kind of exciting but yeah so forza horizon 4 doom eternal that it's kind of the matchup that was left over after the other matchups in my top eight uh but at the same time they're both very fast-paced kind of exciting games you're driving fast there's fast gunplay in doom eternal Um, they're very gameplay driven i think that was part of the reason that we put them together is that like neither of them you're gonna be like riding home to mama about being like oh my gosh the story yeah and i'm trying to even remember what the story was in forza horizon 4 i think it was uh you are driving <laughs> like, i didn't i didn't even remember them having a story i guess i remember there was some chats with random people about what you were doing but it's just like i'm here to fucking race and jump off a hill yeah it, which is I'm great to do. like yeah. it, no need to weigh it down with needless story and doom eternal had some criticism of the like too much story like they went heavy into some of the lore in some parts uh which i i kind of enjoyed personally uh but i I understand that criticism too you're there to kill some demons so just let me kill those demons and you they don't even let you fire the bfg we talked about that uh i think in the last podcast episode like let the player do that yeah it's kind of atrocious that took away a basic human right when it comes to doom (laughs) games (sighs) okay so now after talking about it, it's unfortunately obvious. I thought there was hope for Doom Eternal, but there's not. Forza Horizon 4 wins. It's it's too good. <laughs> yeah, Doom Eternal has has those few gripes of the story, which cha- like affected the pacing. Like three quarters away, there's like an entire level 
built on story and lore that like it's just kind of like why is this in here right now yeah um, and so so there's there's a little bit of that criticism going on um i still love doom eternal obviously we keep saying the top eight we're going to be sad every game we knock out here but forza horizon 4 a little unfair i've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into the game i played it without fail every single week following launch for at least two years and only recently stopped playing it every week to get and they were constantly putting out new content for the game like the developers free content updates every single week uh which was pretty incredible and uh sweet and adding new game modes they added like a battle royale at some point which was actually kind of fun to play through oliver and i played that a little bit um yeah the dlcs were really fun yeah and like one of the first times that i've actually like taken the time to play a dlc and also like thoroughly enjoyed it something sometimes it can feel really just like gonna slap on another 20 dollars worth of content just to you know seal the deal here um but no the the dlcs felt great i also really enjoyed the fact that the seasons were like you couldn't just change it either i know you said that people were griping about that but like i kind of enjoy that there's like a natural little rhythm to the game you know it's i our life has a natural rhythm called the fucking season, so I don't see why it's unreasonable to put that in a game, especially when they only last a week, right? Like it's, but it, it kind of comes back to like the Doom Eternal effect of they're kind of making that decision for you, and maybe restricting your freedoms as a gamer. You should be allowed to choose what season you want it to be. You should be allowed to choose what gun you're going to shoot the demons with. I feel like that's a little different, but you know what? I'll I'll let that one slide for now. <laughs> you can allow you it. can okay. have that. Yeah, you can you can have that one. I, I guess that's 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 marginally fair. Yeah, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I I like the season. I I did like playing in all the seasons. I think they did a really fantastic job of making every season distinct across the board, um, in its design and how it affected like how the cars drive and the different types of events you had and all that kind of stuff. So. I think the only thing I didn't like about the seasons were there was some what like there's islands on the big lake on the left of the map. Can you get to those without it being frozen over? I think that was like my only complaint because there was some of the 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, whatever those signs are that you got to the bonus boards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my only complaint. Like if they just allowed me to like, I don't know, like hop on a ferry or something or I don't know, put a bridge on the way there or, you know, some some way that I still get it. I don't have to wait and sign back on in three weeks, you know, to to do it. I think that was like my only complaint about the seasons, which that yeah. is still so small because it's like it's I you can still do almost everything fucking else in the game. If you for some reason have done everything in the game and you're pissed that you haven't gotten that one bonus board because it's not winter, then it's like, man, you play very weird, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, though, if you are trying to like 100% the game and like it just happens that like, oh, you didn't grab it when winter came around, that, I could see that being a legitimate frustration, but for sure. But yeah, it's like, whatever. 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 Get some ice. <laughs> cool off. Uh, well, maybe this week wasn't that exciting. <laughs> No, not at all. No, I yours yours was definitely a juicier matchup than mine apparently was. Um but uh, as we expected Hollow Knight and Forza Horizon 4 came out on top. So, like I keep saying next week get hyped we're going to talk about Forza Drive Atari's machine learning, all that technical about uh, a bada bush. Yeah, when and, I talk about Forza. <laughs> is that your game next week? Forza versus Metroid Prime and I'm kind of 
I'm a little sweaty about it. Yeah. Well, perfect timing. So get ready for Forza Dose Quattro and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So hopefully we'll be back. Like we said, we don't know exactly when we'll be going live next week. Get notified. Hit the notification bell on YouTube if you do want to see us live and interact with us like Adam has been doing a fantastic job of this podcast. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Um, even though you're wrong about the first Ori, we can we can move past that. Um, but uh, loving the shit talk right now. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to have some shit talk, uh, get get notified on YouTube, all that kind of stuff, and we'll be posting on Wednesdays like we do the the podcast and the YouTube live stream will be going up live again or not live. It'll be posted. You know the drill. We got Instagram. We got that stuff. We're Mo Video Games. This is the House of Juice. And uh, we we appreciate all y'all. So juicy, <laughs> juicy. Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the matchups. We hope you're getting excited for where things are going very soon once we hit the actual semifinals and the finals. Leave some comments, predictions below. Go follow us over on Instagram at MoVideoGames. Let us know on the post what games you think are going to win, what games you think should win, what games you think we're missing on the top 50 let us know how wrong we are so we can let you know how wrong you are that's the beauty of the house of juice we all got opinions we love to hear them we love to discuss them so make sure you guys join us on our youtube live streams as well mo video games on youtube we record the podcast live and you can chat with us live to let us know your thoughts on the topics we are discussing Thank you guys again so much for sticking around. We really appreciate the love you guys give us. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Deuce.